0: To our first time listeners. We're gonna move quickly today as we're looking to wrap up the segments on UX, EQ, and social media. We've been very deliberate in going through this, the content, the various, various sub-elements that we wanted to present on this part of the of the topic on today, and we have two more parts of the EQ segments that we want to cover. So we've been talking about the five different aspects of emotional intelligence based on the model that's presented by the author Adele Lynn. She talks about self-awareness and self-control, empathy, social expertness, personal influence, and mastery of purpose and vision at work. And we are going to cover the last two segments on today. Personal influence, and mastery of purpose and vision at work. And as we've been saying, social media has become a really big part of UX. A lot of people, you meet people, you interact with people, you learn from people, you ask questions of people, you request to have your portfolios reviewed. And a lot of these different things are happening through the wonders of social media. We can call them wonders. I think we can call them wonders today. And, The catch is that a lot of people, and I'm known for saying this, I'll say it again today because I don't believe I've said it on any of the other segments, the other episodes on this subject, is that people know that LinkedIn and Reddit and Facebook and Twitter and these other resources, people know that these are social media. For some reason, the social part, it gets, gets overlooked and then we end up encountering and experiencing all kinds of problems in our attempt to engage to interact and to learn we we come across all of these problems and they are usually connected to a lack of social expertness in, in a sense and yes that's that is a a part of emotional intelligence but in general that's what being engaging successfully on social media, is dependent upon how emotionally intelligent a person is, especially when you consider the fact that we're interacting with people that we don't see. We're interacting with people in many cases that we don't know. So for that reason, I mean, emotional intelligence is critical across the board, but it's even more important when you're talking about going from zero to 60 with somebody that you don't know. Usually we meet somebody We get to know them to some extent, and then we interact. We find out where everyone's boundaries are. We understand the best way to interact with those other people. We learn their highs, their lows, the buttons not to push. We learn how to be respectful, things of that nature. So we end up building emotional intelligence um, principles, if you will, or borders or directives, direct or indirectly, Directly or indirectly, I should say. And, but on, in social media, we don't have those opportunities. Someone on LinkedIn sends you a, an invitation to connect and you're going to make a decision. You're either going to accept that invitation or you're going to just, uh, cancel it and, and not accept the invitation. But if you do accept the invitation and you begin interacting with that person, neither one of us, we don't know each other. So we're really heavily dependent on factors associated with emotional intelligence in order for that engagement to be fruitful, beneficial, void of annoyance, things of that nature. Because otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of talk today about uh, mental wellness. If If you don't engage from an EQ perspective on social media, that means whether it's you or the other people you're interacting with if there is an absence of information intelligence at all, uh, boom, now you've got a problem because you're going to be stressed out. You're going to be challenged unnecessarily. You're going to be frustrated and none of us really has time. even wants to experience things of that nature. So all of this is really, really critical and we've covered the first three so far. We've covered the uh, self-awareness and self-control we'll, We'll probably touch on it a little bit more here and there as we wrap up today. We've talked about empathy. We've talked about social expertness and we really went to the nth degree on the social expertness, especially when we talked about the isms. I spent last week just talking about the isms for the most part that they are prevalent. And yes, there are more than five isms. I mentioned another one last week and there are other ones that we didn't mention that in many cases they are, they're part of the, those isms. And so we just used a higher level term, but when you really break them down a lot, you'll see that a lot of isms that you might think of that we didn't cover in a sense, we really did cover them. So let us dive in right there. Let's, let's get into personal influence. Now, personal influence. This is really, really big when it comes to UX today. And people don't realize that Influencing other people is a part of emotional intelligence, how it's done, the methodology that's used, whether or not it's genuine, whether or not you're in a position to influence other people of a truth. Uh, I have seen people talk about how they want to be influencers and they don't have any any self-awareness because when you look at them, if you look at their profile on LinkedIn, if you talk to them, you'll find out. From a UX perspective, I've seen people who have less than three months of true experience claiming to be influencers. You can't be an influencer at <laughs> at three months. That's just not possible, folks. In in any discipline, for for that matter, uh, not any real professional discipline, for that matter. So when you when you think about personal influence. Let's make sure that we're not looking at these various aspects of emotional intelligence in a vacuum or by themselves because one is dependent, overlapping, and should be connected with the other. You can't just, for example, claim that you excel in personal influence, but you don't have self-awareness because one is dependent upon the other. So you need to know who you are before you try to influence people. And and that helps us to understand what our own limitations are and to operate within those. But at any rate, Adele Lynn defines personal influence as the ability to positively lead and inspire others. Now, when I hear that definition, I think it's really, really important that we understand what positive is really referring to, because in some people's minds, positive just means that you're always thinking that things are going to be great and that you need to believe in yourself and know that you're going to excel and things of that nature, that's not really what's being addressed here because there is such a thing as toxic positivity. And so if somebody is quote unquote positive, but they're not really being honest with themselves, folks, that's that's not what, what the author is talking about here. The term positive is really referring to doing things that are accurate, trustworthy, things that are honest, Things that are appropriate, things that are beneficial. So, so when you talk about positively leading and inspiring others, similar to the other example I just gave, if you only have a, a handful, a thimbleful, a half of a thimbleful, a tenth of a thimble of experience, your ability to positively lead and inspire others, uh, the, the capability simply is not there. People will try, but you really shouldn't even be there. So th- th- just keep that in mind. So again, the term positive is referring to doing things that are accurate, trustworthy, reliable, beneficial, things of that nature. If it's if it doesn't match those or meet those requirements, then it's not positive. So let's keep that in mind. Now, considering the epidemic levels of misinformation, <laughs> again to the example once again that's at large in UX today, it should be pretty obvious that there are huge EQ deficiencies that are at work among us. And and I remember there was a an interaction that was taking place on LinkedIn not that long ago. And someone was asking what they could do to help further themselves in the discipline. How can I get ahead? How can I learn more? What do you recommend for someone that has done X, Y, and Z? What are the next steps? And, and I chimed in as, as a 26-year vet, as somebody who loves to help people and is excited when somebody is looking to grow and things of that nature. Those things are all fine and dandy. Those things are fantastic. Uh, so I put my two cents in. I know some other experts or people who operate at an expert level because really don't like to refer to ourselves as experts because it, it implies that we don't grow anymore. We, we do. I love somebody said that recently. I love that. I, somebody else said it and I treasure that. That's what EQ will do. It will embrace what other people bring to the table. Just don't throw that in there. But then another person who had no experience the title in their LinkedIn profile even lets you know that they didn't have any experience. If you went and looked at their profile, their experience, their history, you see that they didn't have any experience, but they were willing to jump into this situation and then attempt to lead and inspire someone else and let them know what they should do. The person should have been listening to what some of us were saying that have been around a long time, and instead they positioned themselves in the same place as some of the more experienced people that were chiming in and now the funny thing is the person who made the post was talking about how confused they are because there's so much information that's out here and then the person just came and jumped in and that's why folks are confused and I love the the fact that that person posted that I don't love the fact they're in that state but I do recognize it I understand it I empathize with the person. I want to see them grow. I want to see them do better. But when somebody looks at that situation, doesn't realize that they're chiming in as part of the problem, that's a lack of EQ, folks. That's an EQ red flag. So we need to be sensitive about those things. We need to grow. I didn't talk for years about about UX at large. Remember, I did my first UX-related work in 1995. I did not start speaking where other people could hear what I had to say about UX at large, whether it was social media conferences or anything of that sort. I didn't start talking until 2011, 2012. So you're talking a good 16, 17 years before I thought, that it was appropriate for me to start helping people grow. You have people that are, they only have, wow, I've seen people with as little as a month or two of experience. I've seen people with zero experience try to tell people what to do with regard to UX. I've people that are not in UX at all trying to tell me how UX is supposed to operate. All of these types of things are EQ problems. They're EQ red flags. And because many of these people have folks that listen to them and place value and weight on the things that they say, that's where the misinformation comes from in this discipline today, and it's creating problems for everybody. And the funny thing is, not only we are going to talk about this in a few moments, but you can't just limit yourself to having EQ to know when to chime in, but you also have to have EQ to know whether or not the person who did chime in Whether or not what they're saying is really of any value. And you don't have to tell them that it has value or it doesn't have value. You can just move on. And and that's another EQ uh, uh, issue where some people feel that they need to chime in to everything that they see on social media when they don't. If you don't like it, then move along. If if, If it's not your responsibility to right the ship, then move along. But a lot of people today, because the social... In social media, something I was going to get at earlier, the social in social media gets left out. People don't recognize that it requires social expertness and some type of social humility and awareness to be able to engage properly in social media. So at any rate, so what you have uh, in the midst of this as well is a lot of people want to be influential. They want to inspire. They have a desire to inspire. Now, in general, wanting to inspire other people is not a bad thing to want. The question is, can you? So so I, I challenge folks under the sound of my voice today. There are things that everybody can contribute at almost any given time, but it's critical for us to have that, again, self-awareness. That's an EQ trait. Have the self-awareness to understand where can I influence today? And, and for people who are up and coming, you know what the biggest thing a person that's up and coming in UX can contribute? By telling their story. Everybody has something to share. Everybody has a history with regard to UX. Everybody has a story about how they got in. Everybody has a story about trying to get that first job and some journeys are longer than others and the different frustrations and challenges, and and different things that come up with regard to that. Those are the types of things. Those are 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 invaluable to share those on social media. But not somebody who doesn't have any experience trying to tell people what they can do. Or there's this one video that I remember seeing on on YouTube where a person is trying to tell people how they got a job. And I can't remember if they got a job, if they whether they did or they didn't. One person talked about. I've seen I've seen both. One person talked about how they got a job with no experience, which whoop-de-do. Everybody got a UX job at one time with no experience, so that doesn't even make sense. Then you have people who say that they got a manager's job with no experience, and folks, both of those things are misinformation oriented in that they lead people down a path they should not be, they shouldn't be able to travel, and they shouldn't want to travel. You have people in a position like myself you hardly can't even get an interview for a UX manager's position. But I know that there are people out there and they talk about it on social media about what they did and what they accomplished when they they didn't bring anything to the table and it creates a a sense of entitlement and it creates or fosters a strong sense of a, a lack of realism in that it makes people think that everybody can go out there and do it instead of realizing that every company is different and they do things for different reasons and they hire different people at different times for whatever their need is and even when they hire somebody that's unqualified they have a reason for doing that so these types of things need to be that that critical thinking hat needs to be on and when we do that we're able to excel we're able to to engage with people the right way and we're able to to benefit one another with the things that we do on social media instead of of causing UX to go on a downward trajectory, which is what we're on right now. But at any rate, you know, remember, only an emotionally intelligent person is interested in leading somebody else, truly. So having a leadership position and truly leading someone to different thing so let, let's keep that in mind and and with regard to the personal influence factor with regard to EQ think about just give you five quick red flags and then we'll move on to the to the last subject here that we wanted to cover about mastery of purpose and and, and vision uh, at work when you see somebody in social media being a control freak yes I have seen it in, in my time I've been uh, involved in social media since about 2009 or so there are people who want to control what you post they want to control how you say what you say that's an eq red flag micromanagers which is associated with the control freak they're both they're both uh uh, control or one is a control freak is a person that has to be in control a micromanager is a person who can't stand to see somebody doing something without their influence. So a little bit of a different, there's overlap. If you saw a Venn diagram, you would see for control freaks and micromanagement, you would definitely see an overlapping, an overlapping area there. Uh, But micromanagers, they just, they feel like you can't do anything without them and they have to watch everything that you do. And, And these people, who proofread. That's a, 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 a another aspect of micromanaging. There's a lot of people who try to proofread what other people do on, on social media. That's an EQ red flag, especially if you know what somebody meant to say and maybe there was a typo or something happened and, and God help you, if you're trying to dictate a post to your mobile phone or something like that and the wrong word gets in there, and you got to go back, you got to edit it, and you got to clean that up later. But, the control freaks and the micromanagers see those errors and the way that they speak to you about that, that erroneous bit that ended up on social media or that typo lets you know what's going on. Folks, those are EQ red flags. If you know what somebody meant, just, just ride with it. it, it it's, it, it's not a big deal. Then you have the gaslighters and gaslighting comes in several forms. Gaslighting will. Uh, especially when the people, the one that comes to my mind for uh, 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 the most, involves these people who think that you meant to say one thing, or they they thought that you were trying to communicate one thing when you were communicating something else, and the thing that they were trying to say that you communicated was really what they wanted to think that you said, and what you posted really wasn't had nothing to do with the conclusion that they're drawing, but they tried to tell you what you said, and then they tried to tell other people what you said. And they got this whole I like to call it Jedi mind trick thing going on here where you're trying to play these games and trying to get somebody to believe something that that's not true. And it's really it's really sad today. But gaslighters in general, they they are misrepresenting what happened. Usually you. They, they are you, me, that we do or say something and then someone wants to they go a different route and they try to put a spin on it to make it look like it's one thing when it's something completely different or that your attitude was in one place when it was somewhere else. And and gaslighting, it's just another form of manipulation, and that's not a good thing. You have one-upsmanship. This is a common thing that happens in social media where someone will see a post, they'll see something that someone did or said, they actually like it, and they think that it's it's a, a really wonderful thing that was said or done. But instead of just liking it and moving on, they feel like they need to say something else. And now, please understand, there's a, there's a difference between adding to the conversation and then one-upsmanship. With one-upsmanship, a person is actually, they like what's going on. And they're not just contributing, but they're trying to make it about them. They're trying to draw attention to them in the midst of the engagement that's going on in the social media. And they're trying to make themselves look better because they don't like the the attention or the success or what have you with regard to what that individual or another individual is having, another red flag. And nobody knows that they're engaging in one-upsmanship like the one-upsman. <laughs> but there are times that it is it is pretty obli- obvious When somebody is doing that, just make sure you're not doing it today. And then the last part that I want to cover here involves detrimental ambition, which I have already mentioned before as an EQ red flag. I have seen cases where we talked about some of them already, where people will engage in slanderous or libelous statements on social media because they want to make themselves look good. It's a little bit of one upsmanship, going on there they want to make themselves look better than somebody else or they want to take what somebody said or did and they want to turn that into something that will help further their success Uh, i had somebody on social media once who saw what i posted didn't like what i posted and then they they took what i said rearranged the message they literally rearranged the words to make it look like I said something completely different, then started and this, some gaslighting is going on with this as well. They they ended up sharing to with a bunch of other people what I quote unquote said, when actually I didn't say what they said I said, I said what they manufactured that I said. And they took the fact that they interacted with me as the validation point that people were supposed to see that we did interact to assume that what they were saying was true when actually it was a fabrication on that person's part. And the person took this, this mishmashed interaction that we had and used that to sell UX lessons. (laughs) Hey, you know, Darren is not going to support you, but I'll be there. And you know, so that, that that's detrimental ambition. The person was going to profit, literally profit off of this, this manufactured story that they published on social media. So again, people are on social media, but the social part, it gets left out and we have an issue. So, but let's move on so we can wrap this up today. And I want to talk a little bit about the mastery of purpose, which uh, Adele Lynn was talking about. This is the fifth part of her EQ model. And, And really she defined mastery of purpose and vision at work as the ability to bring authenticity to one's life and to live out one's intentions and values. And so there's some things I want to point out that are critical if we're going to achieve this because using social media in conjunction with EQ, of course, this means that it's going to help us to achieve that mastery of purpose and and, and, and an accurate vision. I throw that word accurate in there with what we do when we learn from other people, when we find out The the issues, finding out what we know and what we really don't. A, A lot of us have conversations where we talk about people who they don't know what they don't know. And when people don't know what they don't know, that makes them prone to making certain errors or drawing certain conclusions. And so that knowing what you know and what you don't know requires critical thinking. Critical thinking is the major ingredient that of EQ that helps us to achieve mastery of purpose and vision in what we do, and achieving our goals, and coming to that heightened sense of desired self-realization, where we can see us really becoming skilled and, and and trustworthy, and building value, and representing the discipline the way that we should. All of these things are are dependent upon that critical thinking and knowing what we know and what we don't. Now, people find out many times, and they know. What they know and what they don't know, the question is, are they honest? Are you going to be honest when you have that point of realization today? So if we are honest, this will foster personal UX maturity. It actually takes us down the road where we truly grow and we truly get to spread our wings where we're able to soar when it comes to to social media. And it takes us down the road to mastery, that highly desirable road to mastery that we really want and we we talk about it but it's going to take some work to get there folks so if we're authentic then we will strive for accuracy also in our work i don't just want to be engaged in ux i don't want to just have the title but it's also desirable that we're accurate in our identification our self-identification in the the Factors that we have embrace, again, knowing who we are, what we know and what we don't, uh, these types of things are also critical. So accuracy in who we are and accuracy in what we do. We don't want to be one of the people with a UX title that does not do UX work. And then lastly, we will build our UX acumen in a proper manner by following these aspects of, of mastery of purpose and accuracy in that vision. will build our acumen in a proper manner instead of embracing microwavable resources. So in other words, in the process of growing, we'll be more patient, we'll come to the realization that it takes a while to grow. You are not going to learn UX, for example, in nine days. I've seen that before. You're not going to learn UX. Uh, one group now has a A product design course where they say that you can learn everything about product design in six weeks. It's just adding more fuel to this terrible bonfire that we're dealing with in the world of social media. And and it's, it's causing people to have these false sets of expectations. And that is a microwavable resource, folks. Even the folks that say that you can learn UX in six months or nine months. No, you can't. You can help to lay a foundation to where you're going to go in UX, but you will never stop learning. So if you're trying to to reach mastery quickly, that's microwavable. Have you ever noticed, too, that some food is not microwavable? You You buy it and you bring it home and you already made up your mind when you were at the grocery store that you wanted to come and put that in the microwave and you couldn't wait to get home and give it a shot and you get home and you look at the directions and you find out that it says right on the box that this is not microwavable. You either have to cook it on the stovetop or you have to bake it in the oven, but do not microwave. It will say that on the box. I'm here to tell you today, folks, UX learning, UX growth cannot be microwaved. And so that's a fact about UX. Now, the question is, will you accept that fact, which would be the EQ thing to do, or will you resist it, embrace microwavable resources And then claim that you have a certain level of UX acumen. That that's nothing. It's just going to result in you becoming shipwrecked today. So these are the various aspects of EQ in association with UX and social media. We have to embrace them because a lot of people are there are some people that are not on social media, but the vast majority of us most likely are. If you want to benefit, you're going to need EQ to do it, or you're going to run into a lot of the pitfalls and a lot of the issues today. So in closing, social media provides a host of fantastic resources, folks, a ton of them, but just because they're out there, don't mean that it's guaranteed they're going to benefit you. They, these resources can either help us or they can hurt us, but this depends on how ready we are as individuals to navigate the things that we encounter in social media. So if you want to optimize your state, if you want to optimize your operation, if you want to optimize your personal UX maturity and your growth, I strongly encourage you today commit to building and managing your EQ because the benefits that come out of that are practically innumerable. It's going to help you, it's going to help the discipline, it's going to help your team, it's going to help your company, it's going to help your users. It's just the 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 possibilities are endless. So again, I encourage you today, embrace EQ, look at, go and get Adele Lynn's book. Look at the things that they recommend. There are other books and I'll I'll share some of those books at another time because I just realized all the book lists. And for those of you that don't know, I have several book recommendation lists available on medium on, go to uxuncensored.medium.com and you can go down my list there. you'll see several book lists. But I've never published an emotional intelligence book list. We need to do that. So I will do that as a follow up to this to this series. But emotional intelligence, folks, it just so many benefits. It's a must have. And it really helps to take the UXer to another level. You, you want to stand out. You want you want to do something that makes a difference. People always ask me what they can do to stand out, make a difference. Be emotionally intelligent and you'll stand out. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for taking time to join me. And next week I've got another interview. We're gonna we're gonna take a break from the series again. I interviewed another another great UXer out there, another brilliant woman in the UX world. So we will share that interview next week. We'll keep the identity of that person a secret. But until then, this is your host signing off today, Darren Hood of the World of UX. Happy UXing, everybody.